generally people, because it's been free for so long, when it is monetized, even for our ticketed performances, sometimes we get that response like, oh, you're just trying to make money off of this thing that, mm. you know, was made to be uh, this democratic resource for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's kind of like podcasting. Know, <laughs> yeah, 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 it is, it is. <laughs> It's like at some point people do need to live and to be rewarded for what you do is always helpful. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Melinda Lau. One other thing that I wanted to ask you about, um, among other things, <laughs> you have uh, done some work for advertisers with this, right? Yes. So can you talk a little about how that works and, and maybe some some information on who you've worked with? Yeah, so... If you can, if you can say. <laughs> uh, I, I will say those that we've already worked with. Like, sure. Um, Refinery29, for example, does this annual event called 29 Rooms, which is like an immersive ticketed thing. And they invited us to come in and, and uh, like co-create one of those 29 rooms with them. So we did an ASMR walk through a, a tactile tunnel. So oh, you yeah. listen to this ASMR story and like uh, while you're blindfolded, touching different textures on the wall that correspond to the story. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you also, showed that video to me, I think. Ah, so yes. I, it was you going through that, right? Yeah, yeah. That was like the trailer that we made before it yeah. opened. Yeah, um, it looked really interesting. Yeah, that was kind of in between a commercial project and also like an art commission. Um, some of the more commercial things we've done is like um, we uh, partnered with Moxie Hotels mm-hmm. to do the the opening event of their a hotel in New York City. So wow. uh, they gave us the suite on like the 30-something floor and um, every half an hour or so, they'll bring up a, a, like 30 VIPs and then they'll experience a live ASMR performance and they also get to make their own ASMR videos. So we do events like that, like installation events. Mm-hmm. And then for Moxie Hotels, we also made ASMR videos with them. So they hired the talent that they wanted and then we came in and kind of guided them on how to make the ASMR video or like what content uh, to use and the script. Um, And those videos actually live permanently in Moxie hotel rooms now. Um, They have a channel where you can listen to bedtime stories. So it's up there permanently. Oh, perfect. So people can get a good night's sleep (laughs) if it works for them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. How was that experience, you know, making scripts for someone else to do? That was actually like, so it's it's a collaborative process. Mm-hmm. We will learn what the brand wants to achieve and then um, write the script in response to that. So for them, it was like trying to highlight um, where they were in Manhattan and in the, the flower district and um, going like preparing to go out or preparing to uh, stay in the, the hotel room for the night, those kind of situations. And then when they um, 
brought their talent uh, to meet with us. Then that's where we also had to include their personality a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, then we tweaked the script and gave them some room to improvise. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so other than Moxie Hotels, have you created videos like this? Like, you know, besides um, immersive experiences within one venue, have you mm-hmm. done like ads? <laughs> Actually, we have. Well, we because we do, we specialize in like in-person stuff. Mm. Most of our gigs before this, before COVID had been like ASMR events that happened in their press conference or an opening Mm -hmm. of something, product launches. So we did a lot of those. And then right before the pandemic, we started doing this series with um, Audible. Um, They started putting out lots of um, content to help people sleep and we were one of their partners. Um, So that's an example of like, I guess like uh, a digital experience. But we've never been commissioned to make the ASMR video ourselves. So oftentimes we'll get hired as the consultants to come in and tell them like, okay, is this the right way to do ASMR? Are these sounds actually going to be relaxing? Um, And then the video making usually comes from the PR agency or the ad agency, whoever's interfacing between us and the brand. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, mm-hmm. I was just curious because my first introduction to ASMR was actually IKEA's commercial. I think that was 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a long time ago, but it's still such a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to ASMR and ads, I feel like um, a lot of people now want to use it because it's just like trendy yeah um and ikea was way ahead of the curve and the way they did their video was really true to what asmr videos were it was so long Mm -hmm. and sort of boring in that sense um and so sometimes now when we work with brands we also realize that not everybody wants that kind of old school asmr they Mm -hmm. want it to be a little bit punchy they want to just like deliver their things it's for social media for example it can't be that long so we have to work within all of these uh, demands also and try to find that middle ground. And for those kind of projects, it's like we're taking ASMR and trying to communicate something with it, but I wouldn't necessarily, you know, watch that to help me fall asleep, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. it is still advertising. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, one of the things that I noticed about that particular video was that the woman's voice, while she was whispering, it was still a bit loud. And so yeah. and, and and my impression of that was, well, at first I didn't get it at all, <laughs> but <laughs> but my impression of that was, well, she has to kind of speak a little louder because she is advertising for a product and you need to know mm-hmm. what the product is. Besides yes. hearing her fingers move over sheets and tapping on lamps and stuff like that. I mean, you need to know what you're advertising. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. in that sense, it made a lot of sense. But. But yeah, there is, like you're saying, this middle ground where you're still advertising for a product. So, yes, you want people to be relaxed and experience those brain tingles if it's possible. But at the same time, they need to know what the advertiser is. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And and so there's always this balance. Usually it's it's um, 
about what the brand, like how they want to put out this content and whether the intention is really just to help people sleep or not. And most of the time it isn't. Most of the time the products may not even be really related to sleeping. It might be related to wellness or or like vaguely related to relaxation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we cater our services to what the brands need. And I would say that actually like our in-person events, um, provide us with more opportunity to play with these things. Uh, for example, we did a, like a press event for uh, a liquor company. They were launching a new canned drink. And so we did this experience where everyone was um, blindfolded and they were essentially given a goodie bag that we um facilitate where we facilitated this like unboxing ritual so they would take out different things and then uh be guided to listen to the sounds or smell uh the the ingredients and they were all um parts of the brand story so like this is the the malt that the drink is made out of and that's the uh, material that the uh, the can is made of all, all sorts of things like that and and we break it down so that even though it is still advertising the thing we are trying to use touch more mm-hmm. um that is the major difference between like online and offline is that we can play around with touch and we can play around with the actual product yeah yeah i mean i guess you're making that brand into an actual full sensory experience. Yes. Yeah. Which is pretty wonderful. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, and it would make a much bigger impression, I would think, the more senses you're using to experience this brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, because it's ASMR is so slow and the whole point actually is about paying attention. So it's actually super helpful for the brand because you're forcing in a very, very gentle and pleasing way Mm -hmm. people to pay attention to all the little details. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio-branding-strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website, and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that, too. Now, back to the podcast. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) What a great way to experience a brand. I mean, all around. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Know the ingredients. Know everything that you need to know about that brand. Yeah, that's really wonderful. (laughs) So where do you think this is going in the future? Are you seeing a trend in the videos or in live performance when it comes back? (laughs) Um, I am actually continuously surprised by how ASMR just keeps growing and growing in terms of the community online. There were several waves of like press and awareness uh, for ASMR over the years. But every time 
a wave ends, I expect it to just like plateau and die or just become nothing. And there seems to just be more and more waves coming. And so I feel like it will get to a point where ASMR is just like normal and people just do it in their everyday lives and it wouldn't be such a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, in some ways, I feel like it's already gotten there. Um, usually when I talk to people, I don't have to always explain what ASMR is. Even if they don't understand it fully, they will they will know, oh, that whispering video online or, yeah, or like yeah. the mukbang videos. Um, yeah, and um, in terms of the in-person stuff, that one is a bit more tricky because... Uh, maybe maybe in like three years time when we are totally over all the safety issues yeah. then we can return to all that touching and intimacy mm -hmm. but until then I feel like the online ASMR space is actually uh, such a good avenue for people to feel a sense of uh, comfort um, despite the distance now yeah well I would imagine that especially now needing that comfort is yes. kind of universal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely. anxiety reduction, all of that stuff that uh, that we yeah. all really need right now. <laughs> and it's free, that's the thing. Yes. So it's super accessible and, and I think that is really like the reason why it has kept on going mm -hmm. um, because I feel like it's also uh, such a welcoming space that people more and more people are making content um i'm on all the kind of like asmr facebook groups and every other day there's someone who's like oh i just i just started making videos what do you think of my first video mm -hmm. so it feels like it's accessible to consume but it's also accessible to contribute back and to become an asmr content creator yeah um, I wonder how much YouTube has sort of contributed to this because I I know maybe it's harder to make a living on YouTube now than it used to be, but mm -hmm. ASM artists are actually able to make some money doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely the the top tier, but I think because there's that top tier to aspire to, people feel like it is possible, and I do think it is. It's about time like how much time you have and your commitment um but definitely yeah it's it's quite something i mm -hmm. i think maybe the way to possibly monetize youtube in a way that's more accessible for the people who aren't top tier yet is probably sponsorships because i know mm -hmm. that i've seen a lot of like mattress companies for instance and a lot of gaming companies strangely or strangely yeah. enough using yeah. the top tier as sponsorship opportunities and having those ASM artists actually do an ASMR piece on what they're selling, which is yeah. compelling. I mean, <laughs> it is. And I know some people in the ASMR community are like also iffy about this. Generally people, because it's been free for so long, when it is monetized, even for our ticketed performances, sometimes we get that response like, oh, you're just trying to make money off of this thing that, mm. you know, was made to be a this democratic resource for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but I think... That's kind of like podcasting. Know, <laughs> yeah, 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 it is, it is. It's like at some point people do need to live and to be rewarded for what you do is always helpful. Yeah, I mean, artistry needs to be paid for in some fashion. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know, the whole um, issue of starving artists always kind of annoyed me. (laughs) (laughs) Why should an artist be starving? Why? Yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah. They should be paid for their work. If that happens to be with a sponsorship, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm not, but I'm not a part of the community, so... (laughs) I think the the ASMR artists who've done sponsored videos are oftentimes also very, very selective with the brands they work with. Yes. Um, usually it, there, there has to be a high level of like uh, coherence between the brand's value and their own. Um, but there are lots of other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Even the the people that I see doing it, they're they're advertising for brands that they appreciate. And mm. things like like Helix, I think, like this the the mattresses, right? I've yeah. seen that a lot recently. And and they send out a mattress to these people so that they can actually experience the sleep on these mattresses. And that's amazing. You know, it's not like they're not it's not like they're talking about something they haven't experienced. Mm-hmm. And in the case of the gaming, I know that a lot of these people who are ASM artists are actually gamers as well. So yeah. it's really interesting yeah. to see what they like and what they want to uh, advertise for. But I've also seen Honey advertised a lot. Oh. You know, you know what Honey is? No, wait, no. you're not talking it's, about Honey, Honey. Like, no, it's okay. um, Honey is a app on your browser oh, oh and when you're buying things it gives you um uh coupons and stuff like that yes. to save money i actually have that on my browser <laughs> yeah okay so okay. there you go i've yeah. i've seen a lot of asm artists advertise ah. for honey which is wow i mean i'm assuming because they buy stuff it's very relevant <laughs> Yeah. That and VPNs. I've seen them Mm. uh, advertise for those, like a bunch of them. They all seem to have some kind of a link to the person that's advertising it. But like podcasting, I'm assuming that they get more bang for their buck when the person who's actually the host talks up that product. Mm. as opposed to just putting an, an ad in the middle of your content. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely much more effective. Actually, videos with ads, sometimes I just don't even watch them because they're usually really disruptive to mm-hmm. the ASMR process. Um, I can take maybe one ad at the start of the video, but if an ASMR video has ads in the middle, I just don't even bother. Um, yeah, that so, can yeah. be frustrating. I I know that, like, for instance, I know GB does this. She puts it right at the front of her um, videos Mm -hmm. and it's like a sponsored Saturday. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) if it's the Saturday video, it's going to have one. But she actually does it in the ASMR style. So it's not disruptive. Mm. And actually, it's an enjoyable part of the video, (laughs) which is a little freaky in and of itself. But but she actually does a really good job with that. And, And most of the ones who do that are aware that they don't want to jar you out of things, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it's really effective when they do that, actually. Um, like yeah, I find it really interesting. Into... <laughs> mm-hmm. So what are you working on right now? Are you able to talk about anything? Right now, well, I just finished doing an ASMR live stream that was for... Um, the National Center for Architecture and Design in Sweden. Wow. They actually are about to close the world's first museum level exhibit on ASMR. 
So that is really, really exciting for the community in general. Yeah. Um, and then I don't really have any ASMR, like big projects coming up. I guess I'll just be going back to trying to make videos for my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nothing I need to do better that. at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess uh, you kind of spoke to what the future would be. But yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing what happens over time, especially now when people are relying on these videos a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What's the next genre that you think you're going to try out? I've done the miniatures and the objects and the role playing. I feel like I'm going to go, I'm going to try to make some really lo-fi ones mm-hmm. because I, I sometimes uh, miss the the videos that I had before ASMR became a thing. Mm-hmm. They were just completely random. They had horrible sound, but <laughs> all the noise and all the ambient stuff. I don't know. I, I just want to also as a way to motivate myself to make videos. I tend to get scared because I feel like I need to make it perfect. And uh, yeah. I, I just want to try to do some really simple, kind of not that perfect videos to see how people respond. I think that's a great idea. I will be yeah. looking forward to seeing them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking with me today. If someone wanted to reach out to you or see your projects, how would they be able to reach you? Um, go to whisperlodge.nyc. That's our website. And the okay. email goes directly to me. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for having me. This has been really great. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to seeing more from you in the future. And hopefully you'll be able to go back to live performances before three years are up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's Once hope. we are done with this, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Good. Wonderful. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available on all the usual outlets. Until next time. Bye.